Hello, and welcome to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with Tim Miller, sports editor of the Marysville Journal Tribune, Chad Williamson, managing editor of the newspaper, and Sam Dillon, sports writer. So today we're going to continue our conversation about high school football, looking at the area teams and kind of what's going on in the season thus far. We're still pretty early in. Uh, Marysville didn't play last week, uh, but the other the other schools had games, so uh, we're kind of one game in for those guys. Um, so, so yeah, so we're going to go ahead and talk about what we can expect for this week, maybe a little bit of what happened last week, uh, kind of wherever you guys want to start. So, uh, so yeah, what are we looking at? Uh, well, uh, we had we had some winners and we had some losers, uh, and then we had some that didn't play at all. So, um, but North Union, uh, they 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 started off with a big rivalry for them. Um, haven't played them in three three years. Pleasant. It went well for North Union fans. Um, uh, they ended up winning thirty six to nothing, and uh, it was it was kind of like I, what I was talking about. Uh, Previously, is it was a defensive showing. Um, they uh, they started with three down line or linemen, and they kind of pretty much stayed that way the entire time because they were getting two and three guys into the backfield on every pass play, uh, the majority of the run plays. I mean, they think they had eleven tackles for losses. Uh, I mean, they just uh, kind of mopped up the pleasant offense, uh, you know. And then on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Nick Hajar, he he likes to run people, and uh, <laughs> they 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 ran five different guys on on uh, Friday, and um, you know all of them, you know had multiple touches, but he kind of really leaned on Ethan Young, who's kind of became his primary running back, and they go back and forth with Owen Davis, and they kind of put on a show there for everyone, uh, just kind of running right over Pleasant. Uh, haven't really seen a whole lot of their new quarterback, who is Caden uh, Lassiter. Uh, he only got to throw the ball three times, one for completion. But uh, you know, uh, he 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 looked smooth running the offense. Um, knew what he was doing. A uh, guy that transferred in back in June, and uh, you know has kind of really picked up the the offense and kind of ran with it as their leader. Is is so. Pleasant that bad? I mean. Pleasant used to be just a perennial hammer and 36 to nothing. It yeah. was, it was, uh, I don't think it's the Pleasant that we're used to seeing, um, but they did have a decent running back, uh, a big, strong kid. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but, uh, and, and he was the only thing that was somewhat effective uh, against North Union, but they're, like I said, they're running that 3-4, and they're, 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 they're sending their, their uh, outside linebackers. They're kind of almost creeping right up to the line. So they're really kind of shutting down on sweeps, and then those middle linebackers were just closing gaps. Mm. Well, so The thing about Pleasant is they've got a new head coach, and this is the first time since the early 70s when Don Kay was leading Pleasant to state football championships prior to the computer poll era. This this guy, I don't know who their coach is this year, but he's the first guy that has not been from their system, either mm-hmm. as a player mm-hmm. uh, or as an wow. assistant coach. 
since like 1969 or 70. Wow. It started with Don Kay, who had good some start. Many <laughs> yeah. football teams. Didn't have a good start. Uh, you said Lasseter, and he came from Worthington Christian, I think. Correct. Maybe played for the Crusaders football team. Well, according to, to HR, they have a football team. Worthington program. Christian does have a football team. I know they were a feeder program under the Crusaders several mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw the ball only three times. Is Nick looking to maybe work some more of an aerial game into their offense as the season progresses does this kid have the arm that no uh, he that definitely can do that? he definitely does his one his one pass was over the middle 23 yards real nice and um you know it it uh it it looks beautiful um i just you know nick kind of said it in the post game interview you know if it ain't broke don't fix it speaking to the running game yeah. So you're not going to 36 to nothing. You're not going to get to see what kind of a passer he is. No, but I'm just wondering if things go along. And he's, he's going to have a tall receiver in Owen Davis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Owen's a very good basketball player. He's got some good size. And he's got I Tucker wedding. Tucker's been playing DB for him for two years. And so Tucker's kind of switching over to the offensive side as well, playing both ways. And so he knows how to run the routes, and he knows how to beat, you know, beat who was ever covering him. So, I mean, that that was what uh, that's who caught the one reception for North Union was Tucker, um, you know. But he, uh, Laster, he can he can sling it if they need him to. What's North Union looking at as far as Blanchester this weekend? Uh, Blanchester, uh, they uh, they lost last week, thirty-five to seven to Paint Valley. Um, Looks like they kind of struggled in, in all facets of the game. Um, looks like they kind of like to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, their quarterback, his name's Bryce Sipple, uh, and he went for 11 for 23 for 123 yards, threw an interception, um, and had 48 of their 53 rushing yards. So he was kind of a do-it-all kind of guy but also he got injured in the fourth quarter and they brought in a guy named frump uh that was able to score their only points on a on a run and had one pass for 15 yards so kind of a question mark as to what's going to be under center for them uh but i i i I didn't see much in researching in the way of much defense out of them so um could be could be another another easy victory for north union come friday we'll swing a little bit over to fairbanks uh fairbanks accomplished a first in patrick cotter's tenure as <laughs> head coach they had their first shutout that he's coached. They beat well, uh, Cardington 17 nothing last week. I thought you were going to talk about pass attempts. Well, <laughs> number of pass attempts. well, their first offensive series of the night, that's the first offensive series that I have seen them since Patrick took over that they did not throw a pass during that series. They, hmm. you know, they were a spread team for the first 6 years or they're going to the wing tee. They did an okay job with the wing tee, considering it was the first regular season game that any of these kids have played it. They missed some blocks. They moved the ball well. At times when they got into the red zone, things kind of... Red zone, they struggled. struggled, Once the defense kind of packed in on them, they really... really But, you know, Patrick told me when I talked to him Sunday that, yeah, we've got to do a better job getting off some of our blocks, but... He said the kids are really adjusting to it. He says it's become their identity. 
Uh, Brogan Green is going to be a handful, I think, for anybody who comes up against Fairbanks this year. He ran for over 100 yards. He's that little 5A guy who's just built like uh, words I can't use on a pro- podcast. But he hold strong. on that ball. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> he carries, carries that a ball little bit. Little, little, little well, and there sometimes. was one time right before he, they scored their last touchdown, he lost the handle on it and fell on top of it and kind of shook him up a, get a little bit. The point of it kind of stuck him right underneath the the throat, and he was having a little bit of trouble. But they didn't pass the ball very much at all. I think uh, A.J. Landon threw the ball three times, which for past Fairbanks teams, they would have, uh, that wouldn't have been one series. That would have been the first three plays first of, the, of their series. But... I think once they get a little bit more comfortable with it, the line gets a little more comfortable adjusting more for the run than the pass. They're going to be fine. Their, their defense played well. They missed some tackles, and Cardington got some yardage. But uh, Fairbanks is going to have to elevate their game when they go to Indian Lake on yeah, Friday. I was up there taking some pictures with you, and I thought talent-wise Fairbanks looked like, especially the skill positions, they, mm-hmm. they just had talent. Mm-hmm. Far beyond what Cardington had, yeah, which made it strange that they were struggling. Yeah, like when they were able to get in the trenches where they should have really their line, offensive line should have really kind of pounded Cardington in the mouth. They had trouble doing it, and I think that's just not being familiar with the yeah, offense. Yeah, I think one once they get a little bit uh, more used to it and get some more reps under their belts, they're, they're going to be fine. Uh, I guess the one question that I would have is. You know, switching over the wing tee and watching the wing tee for the past five years at, at North Union, uh, the one thing that I realize is that you got to have a, a nice depth of running back. So outside of Brogan, you know, who really got touches to the ball um, this well, past Friday? Well, Ryerden Stoffer, who's a senior, Brogan's a junior. Ryerden Stoffer had a nice game. Grant Roush didn't carry the ball that often, had a couple, three carries. But he's, he's a good athlete, baseball, basketball player for Fairbanks. He's going to help them out. Uh, Ethan Kice, who was last year's quarterback, is now in a running back position. So there, there's plenty of depth. Landon, the quarterback now, can run. I know he was trying to get to the end zone on one play last week and kind of got stretched out a little bit and just missed it. But they've got guys who can run the ball. Um, if they run up against a team that is going to crowd them a little bit mm-hmm. and force them to go to the air, I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet. I haven't seen them throw the ball that much, so uh, we'll see what Indian Lake does. Indian Lake's going to try to cram the line. They, they're going to use a 3-4 defense, and Patrick told me their linebackers run downhill very well. So mm-hmm. Fairbanks' offensive line is going to have to sustain their blocks enough for Brogan. Brogan doesn't need much room. Ryordan is a little more of a power runner. He needs to see the hole opening up, and once he's through, he's through. But but it, it's going to be a different type of look than what they saw last year. I don't I don't know if Fairbanks is – or last week, I don't know if Fairbanks is going to be able to run as much between the 20s as they, can, as they did or whether they're going to have to put maybe a tight end pop pass in mm-hmm. to try to – exploit whatever they can find in Indian Lakes defense. That timing, that wing T blocking scheme, the timing is, you know, it's almost like a metronome. Like it has to come through. The, the guys have to come through at the right time, mm-hmm. whether it's sealing a yeah. linebacker down inside or coming around on a trap or 
even just when you pin a guy on that on when they run misdirection because misdirection's a big thing out of it. So once they get some of that down, you're going to be able to see. They didn't look like they lacked physicality. Mm-hmm. There's just always a guy or two. Yeah, seemed were. like they were unaccounted for. Yeah. So I think once once they come familiar with that that cade, that rhythm mm. of of that block, Fairbanks going to be a physical. They should be. They're going to be a physical team all year. I mean, there's just there's no question about that. And they're typical Fairbanks kids. They work very hard and. They're they're gonna do well, I think. I think the big probably the surprise was Alder. Yeah, well, out, you know, <laughs> scheduled scheduled another. Well, you know they they another workhorse right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Well, their first three games are pretty tough. They they lost to Amanda Clear Creek last week, seventeen seven. They've got Thornville Sheridan at home Friday night, and then they go to Bloom Carroll uh, a week from Friday night. So those first three games are going to be very, very difficult. Those first three games would be difficult if Alder had the veteran team they had last year. Mm-hmm. I would say they would probably, if they had the team they had last year, they'd probably win two of those three games. Seven you, points is low. Yeah. Alder, well, in any stage got, of the year with any well, <laughs> veteran, you know, lack of veteran you've presence. You've got two untested guys in Cam Jewell and Tabor Headings who are seemingly alternating the quarterback position a bit and the guy there replacing JT Keith was just, I mean it, it's hard I don't care how big a school you are it's hard to replace an all-Ohio quarterback mm-hmm. and it's hard to replace an all-Ohio whiteout like uh, Jackson Izzard. So I, I think it's they've got some kinks. They've got to get out. They miss some assignments on offense. They I, I think defensively they need to be a little more disciplined. What they're going to encounter against Thornville Sheridan this week is they're going to be a, like like an odd three three defensive front. Yeah, I don't know some of these younger kids whether they've seen much of that. What they're going to have to do. They're going to have to to uh, attack the gaps and be gap sound. Uh, Sheridan's linebackers, again, like Indian Lake, they run downhill well. Uh, Alder had trouble taking care of the football a couple times last week. So, And that was something that we had not seen the last three or four years mm-hmm. uh, with the quarterback and the whiteout that they had. Uh, if their line shores up, Will Heisler's a good running back. I mean, he, he ran, he averaged over 100 yards last year per game. So if they can get him in a position where he can get open, he can cause some damage. But close to start. It, it, it's a matter of the new guys in the lineup developing the type of trust that the kids who graduated last year had with each other. Well, new coach, too. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, regardless of where they come from, there's always going to be something. Yeah. A new guy that's that's a little bit different. And Brett Glass, who had coached the last six, seven, eight years, he had seen these kids coming up through the system. Mm-hmm. And he taught a lot of them in class, and he knew – what to expect out of them. They knew what to expect out of him. I, I think they're going to be all right. It's just going to be um, a learning process, growing into some roles, and it may take them three, four games to to, to get things going. But, again, the first three weeks of the season didn't do them any favors. Then I think they've got one of the Springfield area schools week four, and then they get right back yeah. into the frying pan with North Union at the yeah. midway point of the season. So, 
your your first half of your season, you've got four extremely powerful football teams that a new head coach and a new starting lineup for the most part is going to have to go through. So we're just going to have it's going to be a work in can you imagine, progress. Can you imagine people in Central Ohio seeing? Jonathan Alder's record in, in the papers and on TV or whatever and seeing, you know, it may it may not happen. They may gel super quickly and it may not happen. But can you imagine if they look, people looked and saw Jonathan Alder one and four what or happened? something yeah. like that? Yeah. They would just, I mean. Jonathan Alder hasn't yeah. had that kind. I don't think since I've been here, since I've worked this paper, well, yeah, they started a season. The last like two years when Steve Cope was the head coach, they struggled. Whether they were one for at the halfway part of the season, I think you'd have to go back. Way, CBL. way back. Maybe back to the 80s or something yeah. like that. CBL time? Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, heavy sigh. Why? The, the fighting, what is it, 26? <laughs> the fighting 26 of Triad. Yeah. 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 Started off every year. Yeah, Triad. Oh, my. Um, I don't know really what to say about Triad. Um they had Benjamin Logan this past week, and um, it didn't go well for them. Uh, but I believe the final was 28-6, um, and, and their six points came off of their quarterback, Derek Bales, uh, late in the game. Um, it seems like they, they struggled to, to, to really uh, get anything kind of going for them defensively, offensively, and they're going to have a struggle this week with, with Buckeye Central. Um, you know, Buckeye Central's coming off a 45-12 win, and uh, they, they seem like a team that, that loves to throw the ball. Uh, four touchdowns through the air, 179 yards. You know, they got a guy named Derek's Dean who's under center for them, uh, and he likes to link up with his number 25, Manny Mullins. Uh, he caught three of those TDs and then scored one rushing for them. So, and then, you know, uh, they got a good running back who uh, was averaging 10 yards a carry and also had a touchdown. So, I mean, it uh, seems like they're kind of balanced if they want to be, but they, uh, they started out the game really slinging the ball quite a bit and then kind of worked in the, the run later. So it looks like they like to use the pass to open the run. And, um, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know what, uh, what the Cardinals have in store for them when it comes to, to Friday. It's, it's probably going to be – uh, we got to be hoping for those linebackers and DBs to be sound because if they're not, we're going to see another high score. Did, what did Ben Logan throw for against Triad? Did they go to the air much, or will uh, this be? No, they're, 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 they seem to stick onto the ground. Uh, so this will be the first time Triad will get yeah see, is, see this air attack like that. Boy, they'll learn fast if yeah. what they've got back there. Well, the Cordell yeah. boy from Triad, the running back, Jackson. he's out for how long? Uh, I don't know exactly. Uh, I know that he's he's out of a cast and he's walking with crutches. Um, but uh, you know that's a big, big, big loss for them because he turned it on the second half of the last year's season and uh, really stuck out as a as a premier running back for them. Um, Hayden Simpson is their other is their other guy in the backfield. Uh, he he uh, was second on the team in rushing yards behind their quarterback who graduated out. So. Um, it's just gonna. I, I think. I think you got some some veteran guys that aren't used to playing roles that are kind of been put into new positions and they're kind of like kind of like JA in that regard. They kind of got to figure themselves out and figure out what their responsibility is. And 
then they can start to gel as a team. Biggest loss graduation-wise for Triad was obviously Isaiah Leisure. I mean, he was a he was a huge loss for them on the line. Uh, led the team in sacks, eleven point five. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, and we're talking what was that? I think they played eight games last year, mm-hmm. and he had eleven point five sacks. I mean, come on. I mean, you just don't see that. Um, so I haven't had the opportunity to watch them live yet. Um, this is all just, you know, been talking to coaches and doing some of my own research. But it seems like it's going to be a struggle for them this season if they can't uh, figure out what they're doing. Well, if it's a struggle for a D3 school like Jonathan Alder to replace solid seniors, mm-hmm. go down the line a few ranks mm-hmm. and you got a D6 school, mm-hmm. borderline D7. Yeah. They got 26 kids on the team. Well, they have 32. Buckeye, 30. Val- okay. Buckeye Central has 26. Uh, you, could, but... you could load both teams in my dad's old station wagon and take <laughs> them someplace. But to lose somebody the caliber of Isaiah mm-hmm. from a roster that numbers 30, and you know, you know, some of those kids are going to get hurt mm-hmm. along the way. Well, and Bataille Lease, you know, Bataille Lease was a great wideout for them, and they're going to have to fill that position as well. He was. You know, catching, I would probably venture to say 80% of all passes were going to him last year. That's going to be be tough for a school that small to fill a spot of two athletes of that caliber. Psychologically, what's that do to everybody that's left? Mm -hmm. Jeez, you know, they're just just when our, you know, two of the bullets in our, two or six bullets in our gun, and and now we're going to have to try to, you know, Mm -hmm. piece something together the rest of the way. I mean... I think if they can get Jackson back this year, then then you know that will open up the run for them. But uh, you know, like I said last week, Dylan has kind of bounced back and forth as to what he wants to do offensively. He he last year at the beginning of the year it was run 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 run, and then later in the year it was let's try and be more balanced. And but the pass was the thing that was the most effective for them. So he was calling more passing plays. Now, Coral, so, his is a knee injury. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah. I'm was pretty it, sure it's a knee injury. Is it an ACL? I, I believe, but I can't say with 100% certainty. That's what it is. That's gonna be tough to come back from. Mm-hmm. As far as Marysville goes, uh, the biggest stat they probably put up last week was number of tickets bought to see uh, Lancaster and Pickerington North play each other because <laughs> those are gonna be the next two opponents on their on their roster. So you know, if you're gonna have a night off where your where your opponent cancels or whatever, it's It'd be awful nice to be able to go and see who your week two and week three opponent are in one in one game, um, and I think kind of as expected, uh, Pickerington North beat Lancaster twenty three to ten. Lancaster's coming in with a new coach. You know, from what I read, they made a couple of big mistakes. They were in it physically. What I read, they were Lancaster was physically in the game with Pickerington North. Actually, had a lead in the first quarter, but had a punt snap go over. Ahead that set up a touchdown had an interception inside their own twenty. You know they gave Pickerington a couple of a couple of gifted gifted touchdowns, which was kind of the difference in the game. If you look at the stat sheet, it was a really even game, and it wasn't an offensive blowout. Apparently, both defenses were holding the other team down. Uh, Lancaster had a hundred and thirty some rushing yards and like seventy passing, which I'm sure Marysville fans are happy to not see like two hundred and fifty passing yards. You know, coming down the pipe, and mm-hmm. honestly, Pickerington North was the same way. Almost identical stats, um, about 60, 60 some passing yards, and you know, 
140 or 150 rushing yards. Both teams, you know, barely cracked 200 yards in offense, respectively. So was that because the offenses are inept? Was that because the defenses are very good? Was that because it's early season and defense always kind of wins defense out that battle early season? Ahead of the you know, offense this time of year. It's, but. Was it, you know, new coach? I mean, Lancaster was 3-6 and six last year. They've had moments when they've, they've been good, um, but they're not one of those perennial powers. That being said, they're a big school. I yeah. mean, you can find athletes in big schools if you mm-hmm. look around. So they've got a new coach. If this guy's motivated, you know, he might he might have – he might be trying to change the culture. And, you know, they had to play a maybe a tough Pickerington team right off the bat. So it's, it's going to be hard to tell. Either way, they've got to play both teams the next two weeks. If, if right. one was up or one was down, you know, you got to play both of them. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where they're at. I, I know Marysville's trying to throw the ball more. That's what they've been saying since work out started in the summer. I'll believe that when I see it. So, do you, do you, in your opinion, is, just, is this just going to end up being another grinded out slobber knocker kind well, of game that Marysville is used to playing in and more often than not used to winning? I think it might be. And I don't think, I don't see anything in what I read about that game and what I read about Lancaster that makes me think that they're going to have to open it up to get this going. Now, that being said, you know how it was last year. Once word got out that Marysville was pushing people around at the line of scrimmage and they were running for three, four hundred yards a game, mm-hmm. everybody started creeping up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at that point, you know, Marysville did last year try to throw a little bit more at the end of the year. And, you know, it wasn't with a great deal of success. So they need that. Because eventually, if Lancaster doesn't do it, if Pickerton does do it, eventually they're going to see nine nine guys or more in the box, you know, three yards off the line of scrimmage, and they're going to have to do something different this year. And they don't – they don't – Marysville doesn't have – they've got good kids. They don't have quarterbacks who are used to maybe having to go to the air a little bit more than what they are used to. And their receivers – jury may still be out on them. I mean, I know Coach Johnson wants to throw the ball 15 times a game. That's an awful uh, lot. He won't throw that compared, first two. Compared to what they averaged yeah. for a number of years. Yeah. I mean, he said they averaged 10 passes a game last year. No way. That, that was, uh, he, they might have cracked that once or twice. Maybe, but yeah. I don't, that I don't think is an average. That's... Probably. He's hoping to go on an average 12 out of 15, which if he can, and that'll keep some of the pressure off the running game, that would be great. Whether they're going to be able to do that on a consistent basis, there's still a lot of question marks because, again, this is going to be right. the first game of the season. It doesn't matter if you throw it 40 times if you don't complete them. Yeah. If you only throw it four times a game, but they yeah. come in big third and long, or yeah. you know they catch, you know maybe it's second and short, and you catch them in yeah. the, you know they catch, you catch them creeping up trying to stuff you, and you mm-hmm. you drop one over them. Okay, that's what matters. It's it's you need those daggers. You don't just need a bunch of passes to just say we we pass. Mm-hmm. They need those dagger shots in there. Now he told me when I talked to him Monday morning, they had a great week of practice. But again, it's been two weeks now since they went up well, against somebody else. He, he also told you, I think I saw that about uh, special teams. That's the bit. That's a big question mark Lancaster coming up. Lancaster special it? teams have had. They've been Lancaster special teams have been field field tested right. during the game. 
Marysville's not. And right. we all know, we go back to what Coach Weisskirchen used to say, you got to be strong in the kicking mm-hmm. game. And, you know, you get that. You may, maybe you got a new uh, punt. Maybe Marysville's got a new guy snapping on punts. And mm-hmm. now he's he's out under the lights for the first time, gets a little bit of shake in his hand, and all of a sudden that thing goes through the uprights behind him. And, this you know, this game could be one of two fairly even teams that could come down to just one special team's mistake mm-hmm. that could spell the difference between mm-hmm. winning, winning and losing. And what we also have to remember – this Friday night's going to be a game of conditioning. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> how how deep Lancaster is, but the good thing about Marysville is they do have a stable of backs, mm-hmm. and they have focused on spelling people on that mm-hmm. defensive line, offensive line, defensive line, and, and running backs. They they have they yeah. they focus on trying to spell people. Yeah. Now that may not mean a thing because as you and I saw at Fairbanks, there were cramps galore. I mean, there were guys going yeah. down, look yeah. like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan. Well, it, it's, you know, late in the second <laughs> quarter, there. I mean, we saw a guy have to pretty much get carted off from a cramp. I've never seen that in my life. I mean, a cramp's like stretch it out, get up, walk it off. I won't say what you said about I, it. I no, I was. I, I I thought that was a bit. That but, was somebody from the other team. From, yeah, from but, Cardington. I thought it was a bit. But it's to, been it, <laughs> off on by a the time we get to Friday, we're going to be in a we're going to have been in a miserably hot week, and it's going to be hot on Friday. These kids, I don't care if you're Marysville, Imagine I don't care if anybody, Imagine you are going to have to, I mean, just Imagine pound down the water. Some sophomore at Triad or something that's got to play both ways or a lot a lot of the game both ways, not used to having his legs, you know, not like that, playing in 90 degrees. I'm, uh, I'm just, what kickoff time, the heat index is going to be like 92 or 3, and it's, I, I'm just afraid. All of our schools have great trainers, you know. This is not anything against any of the trainers. They're 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 a super group of people, and they know. But you know, the kids will go out there. Hey, I know better than the trainers and things like that. Not only getting your water during the game, but hydrating as much as you can during the week. Practice yeah. sessions. Go home. Drink as much water as you can fill up on, and just keep that in your system. For as long as you can, because well, I, I guarantee you, there will be kids going down oh, yeah. Friday night with cramps. Well, Marysville, I, I can't even remember how many years ago, three or two, three, four years ago, playing at Delaware in an early season game, and it was, it was, it wasn't as hot as it was going to be this Friday, and they had so many guys go down. With, I had pictures of three guys with cramps on the sidelines after one play, mm-hmm. and that the next week they brought in a hydration specialist or something for the next few games to to show these guys like specifically how to deal with that i mean it may not a, hurt to have an old-fashioned watering hole type of it's thing a real it's coming out in various it's a real issue uh, and keep that going so kids can just get a hit of water the minute they come off the football field because yeah, i guess I, kind of getting back to what you were talking about chad with marysville and you know running the ball and, and opposing teams putting eight nine guys in the box you know um I understand that you know that's a, that's a lot of guys to cover up front, but uh, 
if if Marysville truly wants to stick to the ground game, you know, do they have the 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 bodies to to block that incoming defense? Well, we're gonna say, you know, they've got they've got the Roars kid who yeah. he'll be fine. Hey, Gavin's he, gonna be fine. He's a yeah. big body, and he will he will he'll take a couple on his own. But the answer is, we I've got to see. I've yeah. got to see these these four new guys plus the guys that spell them mm-hmm. to see if they can move people. Now the good news is, what. Marysville's line showed me last year was not five great athlete individual athletes. It was a line that blocked like I always said. You know, they didn't come at you like five fingers; they came at you like a fist. And the way Hillier Davidson's old lines used to do, and I always loved how they fired out as one, and they they were very precise. Marysville got that look last year, and that's why they were good. It wasn't that they were massive everywhere across the front or just incredible athletes. Mm-hmm. They just blocked right, and they blocked together as a unit and that says that the coaching and the culture is there on the line and hopefully that carries over we'll find out real quick it'll it it won't take very many games to see if okay that was just a great senior class that moved out of here or if hey marysville's turned the corner and they're going to have a great they're going to have be a great line program from here on out if you got those two c's on the line coaching and culture you don't need to have a bunch of hogs on there every year you plug somebody in they do the work in the weight room they get a little bit bigger every year and then when it's their turn, they know what they're supposed to do, and they come in and they hammer people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. Like, that's all there is to, you know. If you got the right five guys up on the line, you can last year. Last year's fun to watch. You can block anybody. All right. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the great information, and thanks to everyone for listening. If you do enjoy what you hear, please subscribe to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast pages. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, as well as many other podcast streaming platforms. So be sure and tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.